Hey everybody, and welcome back to another half episode of Random Chatterings. I'm Arlil Rodriguez. Today we will be talking about the 2008 Nintendo Wii title Super Smash Bros. Brawl, developed by Game Arts and Sora Limited, and directed by Masahiro Sakurai. Today is a very special day. It is December 7th, the release date of the new game in the Super Smash Bros. series, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's a game that's coming out exclusively on the Nintendo Switch, and it's a game that um, myself and my brother have been very, very excited about. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I felt like it would be appropriate to go over like one of the most important games, not of the generation, but I mean in terms of, for myself and my brother, like one of the most important games that we loved playing growing up. It was time to celebrate because it's about missed it by a couple months, but the t the 10 plus anniversary of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, and we're gonna do this in three segments. Segment one is gonna be about the hype train, if one put it in a very blunt kind of way, just the the announcement of the game and then the inevitable release of the game. Segment two is gonna be about actually playing the game in terms of the modes, in terms of the story, in terms of all the things you would expect from a Smash Brothers game. And then segment three is going to be about the future of the series. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Segment 1, the hype train leaves the station. So Super Smash Bros. Brawl is the direct sequel to Super Smash Bros. Melee. And as we'll go in a little bit, the space between releases of those two games is probably what created the nearly impossible levels of hype and enthusiasm for this game. I remember as a youngin, not really, I was a teenager, going through multiple search sites like Super Smash Bros. fan sites, this like, they're compiling all the information they can find about the game that wasn't official, like rumors and that kind of thing. And just people were just wondering like what the game was going to look like and what it was going to consist of and how it was going to differ from the previous games. But finally, on E3 2006, we finally got our first look at the game. It already introduced a bunch of characters like, let's see if I can remember the top of my head, Pit, Meta Knight, Wario, just a couple of them. And... Already, the game was trying to impress you with the graphical look. Like, even though the Nintendo Wii, as we've discussed previously on this podcast, graphically was very similar to the Nintendo GameCube, it still had a little bit of extra oomph to it, but not, like, enough to differentiate it. And it was still kind of stuck in the pre-HD generation. But the trailer was meant to impress. Like, you saw the models from Melee, and then they transformed, or, like, there was more like a, like a blue line, like, woo, on top. Like, they were being, like, reprogrammed or something. And they would look like what their Brawl models looked like. And surprisingly, they actually looked very amazing. Mario had more details in his overalls. Uh, Pikachu looked a little bit more defined. Like, everything looked cleaner and, and 
what everything just looked so much more impressive it was like such a leap even though like again into the graphics it was meant to be equivalent to gamecube but somehow they were able to pull off really impressive impressive look but these are most pleasantries because right now we don't know much about it other than that it's bigger it has more characters it seems to have more stages and that's pretty much it and then something magical happened at the very end of the trailer and you'll know this if you've seen the trailer on YouTube. You can probably just look at Super Smash Bros. Brawl E3 2006 trailer. At the very end, Gus the Black, it's the great theme song, which I have some opinions about, but we'll go over that in a little bit. And then all of a sudden it cuts the black, and then... Oh my god, what is Solid Snake doing talking to the Colonel from Metal Gear in the middle of... Of a Smash Brothers trailer, and then the Colonel actually mentioned Smash Brothers. Like he just says it. It's, it's the Japanese actors of the Colonel and Solid Snake, and then it cuts to Mario and Link fighting on the foreground, but the, then Snake is in the background in his box, and you're just kind of getting excited because the Japanese actors like starting to raise his voice a little bit, starting to have a little more passion, and all of a sudden the video game camera, I guess, pushes in as Snake bursts out of the box, closes up on his face, and he says. Sure time. Cuts to coming soon. Um, and then the, the trailer was immediately leaked online. I think somehow in the same quality. Or maybe Nintendo must have posted it. But this isn't during the time. This is like at the very early days of YouTube. YouTube was like in 2006. So this is during the early days when gaming sites would have their own video trailers. And so that's how you would actually you'd have to go like to IGN or GameSpot or like websites like that. And actually see the trailer. And oh my god, I can imagine, can't imagine how many times I must have seen that trailer and just build up anticipation for this game. And we, we didn't have any idea when it was actually coming out. We knew the system was coming out on and it was going to be like the, one of the killer apps of the system. It's like the Nintendo Wii with its motion controls, but this, the new Smash Brothers game is going to be on it. So even whatever you may think of the console, your expectations are going to be met with the new Smash Brothers. And... <laughs> I'm very sorry to geek out about like the video game history, so let's go into a little personal direction. Um, this was around the time that we had just moved into our new house in 2004, and it was a dream of our of our family to live in like in a like in, like in a domestic house, like the one you would expect to see in like The Simpsons. It wasn't a two-story house, but it was a flat house. And along that, we had like a big TV and we had a stereo system. And we were just counting down the days of when we were going to finally get to play Super Smash Bros. Brawl. And the most ingenious tactic, and in some ways kind of evil on the terms of the marketing team, was that after the game was, I think, re-revealed um, for E3 2007, and they actually they had this the, the official release date, they also unveiled the Smash Bros. Dojo, an informative site of telling you everything about the game, but it would also, like, once a day, include one screenshot with a little bit of information or, like, information about items, characters, stages, and that kind of thing. And that's how the developers of the game, or maybe the marketing team, slowly seeped out all this information about it. And you're just wondering, oh my god. Every single day, every single day, or maybe probably, like, before I would go to school, I would always, like, F5 the page, F5. Because sometimes there were some nights when I would be so enthusiastic, or maybe even bored. It probably it's probably boredom. It's doesn't seven we're talking about. Just hitting F5 multiple times until until the until the website finally loaded and introduced another another item or something like that. And we just building on the anticipation, pretty much just building the hype and just trying to create just energy and just just 
oh my god, this game's coming out soon, and they're just slowly leaking out information from official sources, of course. So it's not really leaking, but like, what leaking in terms of like, drip, 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 new screenshot, new screenshot, new screenshot, just like that. And it hooked us. It hooked the entire Smash community. But because of that, slowly new modes would be announced that would kind of get me a little excited because there would be the returning modes. But then it would also be like a mode like Stage Builder. And this is at a time, like, during, like, I think I was starting to go to middle school, high school, when I would go on these very long bus rides all the way from uh, my my home all the way to the private school that I went to. And on the on the way back home, sometimes if I didn't talk to, like, some of my bus mates or, I don't know, the people on the bus, uh, bus mates, let's go with bus mates. And I would just draw out these very elaborate stage designs like i would know like okay so they're going to for the stage builder they can have platforms they're going to have like blocks so you can build up everything so i would just like more creative than i think i've ever been with with any kind of like stage creator kind of thing just go it's like okay what's some objects i can create i can create a drawer a drawer from from our living room i can create that as a stage a stereo i can create as a stage camera i can create as a stage Ooh, the the level from super mario brothers one four I can quit that. Just whatever thing looked like it could fit geometrically within the parameters of the Smash stage builder, I would draw that out on graph paper and try to create like a very elaborate, but also like, but still like kind of taking some imagination with in terms of like what the look of it would be, but still like trying to build some, trying to design the stage that would actually be uh, feasible, like where you could actually fight on it. So the dojo, part of the dojo, the effect of the dojo was also create announcements. And unfortunately, this was a game that was delayed three times. It was delayed. So first it was announced to be released in December 3rd of 2007. And it would have been paired up in the holiday season with Super Mario Galaxy, which I believe was coming out in like November or October of that year. I might be wrong about that. But the game was delayed, unfortunately, because the team was asking for more time to work on it. So it was delayed to February 10th of 2008. And then surprisingly... It got delayed again to March 9th, 2008, which is a very odd time to release a game. And, and there's a lot of, you can just imagine like Christmas season, the holiday season, you know how everybody's talking about like what are the new products that we're beginning. Uh, again, not going into too much detail, but it was just a very odd choice to release the game in March. I mean, whenever it came out, everyone wasn't going to buy it, but it just made the wait that much more seemingly endless. But one question was lingering through all of our minds. If Snake, which, okay, so I should explain this. So third-party characters are characters that are not under Nintendo's umbrella. They're like from other companies. That's probably a better explanation for it. So a Nintendo game, like if it's a Mario, Mario's a first-party character. And then there might be like a subsidiary of Nintendo, like Game Freak. The Pokemon characters are second-party characters. So... This is the first time that a Smash Brothers game included a third-party character, and the entire internet was wondering, who's next? Who's going to be the next third-party character? And there was one character in particular that I was waiting and hoping for. People of this podcast know who I'm talking about, but, oh man, it's, it's, it's a long shot. Like, maybe there's like a more popular character people would want. But then, on October 17, 2007... Sonic the Hedgehog was announced as the next third-party character in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and I lost my shit. It it was one of those rare updates that, because they knew, they knew when they posted this update, everyone was going to check it out. So it was one of those rare, like, mid-afternoon updates, and I could not stop screaming 
in excitement. I must have bothered the fuck out of my parents, but like my fucking buddy, my fictional buddy is in Smash Brothers. And the, the, the historical significance of this, and I can go through the whole history of this. I'll go very briefly. Sonic was Mario's rival back in the, the 90s. So the fact that they would be in the game for the first time, well, second time technically because of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, <clears throat> asterisk, um, but they would be like, you know, uh, I like that game a lot, but this is the one that people were really excited about. Getting to play, like getting to fight Mario, like it was like the 90s all over again. And his moveset looked great because they, they also announced it with a trailer. And there's some production details I didn't know about the game, but it turned out Sonic was actually a late inclusion into the game. So the trailer, unlike Snake's trailer, which is a CG trailer, was this was used with... Uh, Sonic's trailer was with in-game assets, probably because they had to... Uh, they probably didn't have the budget to have the CG trailer. So they just, they just kind of whipped something up pretty quick, but my goodness, I... Okay, my brother was just saying right now, he saw that trailer five times and somehow memorized the fucking thing. I was I was saying, oh, what song was the one in the trailer? Oh, it was this one. Oh, that was definitely this one. And it does this, 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 this. Like, how the fuck did you? Because we just saw the trailer again for nostalgia's sake. And he remembered the fucking trailer. I don't know how he did that. But anyway, whatever, <laughs> wherever the that may be, I did see the trailer multiple times. I imagine the, the internet probably saw the trailer multiple times. Just the, the the matchup we've been waiting for. For if you were waiting for it. But you know, th- th- that's the thing. Like when someone says a character, okay. Tangent. If someone says they don't like a character, and it's like it's taking up a space or something, well, you know what? This is the game where you can beat up that character all you want. If you don't like the character, you can beat the shit out of them all you want. So what's the problem? Anyway, a tangent over. So already the days felt longer than normal. Like I was already waiting enough. Like going to school. I think it was about ninth grade now. I believe 2007. Ninth grade. And the wait was starting to kill me a little bit. And I wasn't. I didn't have the best study habits, so an unfortunate consequence of, of what happened in, in the wait for the game is that I would be playing a lot of other games, and I would be leaving my studies behind, and I remember this very... I actually didn't even remember this until recently. I almost failed out of biology. It was at a time when I think that was definitely my one of my least favorite classes in ninth grade, and beyond all the other stupid bullshit of middle school... Uh, we talked about that in an episode with the Wild Chats. Go check that out, episode 72. Um, <laughs> it was also just like, this was just one class where it was just like pure memorization. There wasn't really much thought into it. Like, you kind of just like kind of pick up pieces, concepts, and then kind of understand them. It, it just didn't click with me. And But it was also, I was playing a lot of video games. It was probably the most I had ever played video games up to that point as a form of escapism from the bullshit of the academic, just hardline excess of materials that we had to read and do homework of like every single day just the 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 life of an academic student going to a private school where you got twice the homework you would have in a public school it was just very exhausting but i yeah i did not spend i did not allocate my time properly and i almost failed out of that class so as a consequence I guess I don't want to mention them by name, but like someone close to our family decided they had to take action and they actually told my mom to to take the Wii away from us. And uh, that us means me and my brother. So he also did not have the Wii for several months. And I, I completely forgotten about this memory. And what made it even more te- of a tease is that by the time that Smash Brothers actually did come out and we bought it, 
we couldn't play it until summertime. We were just looking at the game in its wrapped package the entire time that I couldn't play or, or even touch the Wii until my classes were over. And my brother hated me a lot for that, and I asked him like to just like here in the room with me. I'm very sorry I put you through that. I wish I was a better student, but I mean, hey, we made it through it, right? Um, so that just made the hype even worse because now people were enjoying the game. The people were enjoying the game as of March 9th when the game actually finally came out. And but I was just watching a bunch of videos of people playing the game, like all oh, the stream mashups, like all the new stages, all the new modes. But we just couldn't play it until until it was summertime so we had to wait and we waited and we waited and then finally summertime came and it was time it was time to make all of our dreams come true it was time to finally play super smash brothers brawl Segment 2, Showtime. We ripped the fucker out of that package as quickly as we could, looked at the beautiful disc inside, plopped that sucker in. We had the stereo system set up so that we could, so they could plug in um, the audio so they wouldn't be coming from the TV, we'd come from the stereo. And our minds were blown when the, the opening theme of Brawl appeared before us. And it's a theme song that I've been back and forth on. I don't know if it's one of my favorites, but it's certainly up there. And it's definitely like nostalgia is probably a reason why I would say it's one of my favorites. And it was just this very elaborate opening of all the characters fighting and it would be using in-game assets. And just it's just meant to just build up anticipation, just build up excitement, like building excitement before you even like hit start to start the game. I think there was still a decent amount of characters available when you start the game. And the game is broken up into several modes. I don't want to get into too much of the technical details about all that stuff. But you did have to unlock some of, a lot of the characters. So I think there's like a 16 characters. And then you had to unlock the other ones in the story mode. And the story mode is the subspace emissary. It was Sakurai's attempt of replicating the adventure mode from Melee. But expanding it into like a big-fledged storyline. Sort of. Uh, more like a platforming kind of game. But where you basically you would unite with other Nintendo characters. And then they would all like band together and try to defeat the evil taboo. But I guess it's spoiler sort of. And we, we immediately decided that might as well just start off with the story mode just to get it out of the way. And it was a co-op story mode. So what was even better, and I think it's something that I it wasn't introduced during the Wii, but it was something Nintendo always has that special appreciation of like well, more than one person wants to play the game at once, so we'll always try to include co-op wherever we can. So the story mode we were able to play the story mode together. And we were also able to play with our GameCube controllers. And I talked in episode 73 with Zach from the DigiWatts about how wonderful the GameCube controller was. But for Brawl, it just made a lot of sense in terms of the control stick and all that stuff. But let's not go too much into the technical details. The important thing was that MSR was meant to be this very, very dramatic storyline of like 
the Smash characters are in this universe where they're all fighters, but they also compete for fun, that kind of thing. But then there's a threat that's trying to implode the world of Smash. I don't know if there's a specific name for the world. But basically, try to bring parts of the world into subspace, this very, basically the negative zone of the Smash universe, where basically giant recognizable Nintendo areas would be taken into this area, and this would be this big elaborate plan of trying to capture all the Nintendo characters. And uh, it's so funny, because like right now on the internet, there's the meme about the yellow beam of light that eradicated all Nintendo characters in the recent Smash Ultimate trailer. That fucking happened in in Subspace Emissary at the very end of the game when you think that you're about to face off against the boss. Then the character just like does like a, a Thanos style, just like a simple movement or something, or just like moves his cape up. And all the characters are immediately turned into statues and they're basically stuck in purgatory. Of course, it's a Nintendo game. Of course, there's going to be a happy ending. But like, like, wow, as like a teenager... Seeing all of my favorite characters just like become statues and just basically be practically dead was really fucking traumatizing. And of course Kirby is the only character that for some weird story bullshit has a thing and it lets him become real again. The whole point is that they were trying to do a more dramatic storyline with the Smash characters. But also what, what made it really worthwhile were the cutscenes. And I didn't know this until I think someone in a recent discussion mentioned that there was 114 cutscenes for this game, which would combine characters from the different Nintendo universes in a ways that we had never really seen before and we thought we would never see again. Like Marth like, joining up with Meta Knight to destroy some of the, the, some of the subspace soldiers and Mario. Um, I think there was like a misunderstanding of like a, like a, a peach statue turning into like evil matter and then Mario noticing it and then rushing up to Link and Yoshi and trying to hit him and trying to, trying to kill them. Basically, like, it's like it's a giant fist like smashing onto the ground but basically just like see characters that you would never ever imagine interacting oh the best one oh, not the best one sorry apologies the saddest one is um when samus from the metroid series is is without her power suit and discovers pikachu who's being used as a battery and it's a long time you see pikachu like in that battery i think like 10 or like between 10 and 15 seconds and it's like, that's a pair of I never ever thought I would see, Samus and Pikachu, but there it is. It's in the official Nintendo game, and it's magical, as you can imagine. It was also just the best part about it, and the thing that made it work, maybe not in terms of the game itself, if we want to go into nitpicks, we can, but in terms of just the personality of all the characters fit the ones that the characters had always had. It just made sense in the way that they would interact with each other. Like there's a great, there's a great little moment when like Diddy Kong is just trying to convince Fox and Falco to go help him, but like, then this is all done without words. There's no line of dialogue anywhere. Maybe just a couple of grunts or like, like that kind of thing, but no dialogue. So you would, you pretty much know exactly what, what's going on because of the way that really wonderful way that these scenes were directed, and it was just. It's, it's so hard to kind of try to recreate the excitement of watching all these characters interact this way without, you know, actually seeing the trailers for yourselves. So I'll include a link in the description so you can actually watch these trailers for yourself if you're curious enough. Just That's just one mode of this game. This game is fucking huge. So let's go over all the things you can do with this game. So there's the main mode. The main mode where you beat, you beat up other people and you're trying to win and you're trying to beat the best. And you have all these characters, which I believe the final count is 35 characters. And uh, a lot of stages. I think some of the stages that were like that were carryovers from the previous games. And then there's that stage builder I mentioned earlier. You know, this where you could basically make your own stages. 
Like, I want to play the Hyrule stage from 64. Well, you can just build it. I want to recreate the 25 meters from Donkey Kong. Well, you can just do that. There's, there's no limit to what whatever you wanted to make, you you could make it. Well, I mean, there were some limits within, like, the builder itself because it was based on a grid pattern. So you couldn't do, like, a lot of crazy shenanigans. But one thing that we did do, and and it was probably the a lot of time spent doing this, it was a simple idea, and we did modify it a couple times to make it even more of, of a deathmatch kind of thing, but we created what I call the box. And it's this giant square with a little tiny slit of an opening. And all the fighters would go in there, and then you would just see who would last the longest but obviously we would have tweaked it so that people would be able to fly off easily. And it was insane. Like you would just throw a bomb at someone and they would just like bounce off the walls. Like, boop, 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 boop. And got hours, hours of enjoyment just playing on that one stage. And it's just like so ridiculous and elaborate. But then we thought, oh, well, you know what? What else can we do with this game? There's a soccer ball item. Let's make a soccer stage so we can actually play soccer. The soccer ball is pretty versatile. Let's make a basketball stage. Basically, anything you wanted to do within the game, within the, within what the game has already, fuck it, go crazy. Do whatever you want. You don't want to play the game the way it was intended, about fighting other people, have fun. Like, we did. We played, I think this is the game we have played the most out of any game that I have ever owned in my entire life, and I am 100% sure about that. We just couldn't stop playing it. Okay, so there's a couple more things I have to mention. So there's also events. And events are basically like elaborate events you have to do and like a specific parameter you have to accomplish and then you complete the event. But this game also introduced co-op events, but it also introduced a co-op stadium. So there's a, a bunch of opportunities where you could just do everything like with a partner, which is perfect for me and my brother because like, fuck, if you had a sibling who cares about Smash as much as you do or just wants to have fun, just plugging those two controllers together and you go fucking out of town. Like, there wasn't any really, any other Smash Bros. up to that point that had, or any game up to that point that had so many opportunities to play with, with another person and it was just so magical. Like, it's such a simple thing, just including one other person, but, like, it was just so much fun. And so finally, there's one more mode I haven't mentioned yet, the All-Star mode. And it's the mode that you only unlock after you've unlocked every single character. And it's basically... In this version of All-Star, you basically playing through Nintendo history. Every character, in terms of the release date of that character, you face that one, or maybe you face it like in terms of a series. And it, it's like a wonderful way of going through Nintendo history, but it's also like this elaborate challenge where you have to see if you can get all the way to the end without getting a continue, because if you got a continue, then you would lose a bunch of points and your score wouldn't be as good. But it was just a very elaborate, difficult challenge. But then, of course, it's one more mode we got to mention, and it's the most cruel of all of them, the... I think they call them Brawl, the multi-man Brawl modes. And basically, you're just fa facing these, like, prototypes-looking characters, and you're basically just beating a lot of them and seeing if you, you got the 100-man one, you got the 3-minute one, and you got the fucking 15-minute one. Blech. Basically, can you defeat these these characters for 15 minutes? Let's see what you got. And, uh, kind of glad that mode is not coming back in Smash Ultimate, seemingly, because that was way too much time spent trying to do that. But what made it even better for me and my brother it was the, the co-op event at the very end had event 41, which is basically can you defeat every single character, every character in the roster in one event mode match. And basically the character would appear and you would try to knock them out as quickly as possible and you would just try to get to the end. But you like have your... I, well, I had my brother as a partner. Well, nowadays it's the other way around. I'm my brother's partner. Um, basically trying to defeat all of these characters as quickly as we can without being knocked off the stage because 
after a while you get really weak and then you get knocked off the stage and that kind of thing. But anyway, the whole point is just how much was included in this game is just astonishing. And the fact that there's a game coming out today which surpassed even that is such... It, 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 it's, it's almost too much, really. But I guess there's one thing I want to kind of jokingly bring up because we do continue to play this game via certain means. But the one thing we do remove is tripping. And here's a very controversial aspect of Smash Brothers, especially around this time when when Sakurai was talking about the game and how he wanted it to appeal to all players, not just the competitive scene. So one thing he did to do that to make it more of a random type of element is tripping. So at any point, it doesn't matter when, a character can just trip. They can just fall over and you can't control the character for like a, a, a couple of seconds. You have to kind of like shake the control stick to try to get them moving. And it's such a bizarre idea, and it was subsequently removed from future Smash games. And it's the only thing, like, the only real blemish on this game's reputation. Like, it's one of the fair criticisms I have about the game. Because, yes, the game is slower than Melee was, but I don't really care that much about that. But dripping is such a weird thing to include, and it was, like, Sakurai trying to, trying to balance it. It's like, okay, no, it's not a competitive, it's a party game. It's like, yeah, it can be a party game, but it can also be fair. There's a very good reason why it wasn't included in future Smash games, but no, I just in terms of just the the size of the package, like this was this was one of the first games. If I remember this correctly, it was like a gigabyte game. They had to produce a special disc. I didn't even mention the music. There is 300 fucking music tracks in this game, and every time that you go into a stage, or no, in the music mode, my music mode, I believe is what it's called. You can choose like what songs come up frequently in the stages that you're playing. And you just notice how fucking huge the soundtrack is. The remixes, some of the original tracks are included. This game was a labor of pure love. And yes, 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 if you want to be this way, a cynical byproduct of a way of trying to get as many people getting to buy it as possible. But yes, that is very true because Nintendo is a company at the end of the day. But ultimately, the amount of love and passion that, that the developers put into this game is second to none i'm kind of glad that the game was delayed because maybe it gave them a little bit more time to breathe i know definitely at that age i was a little immature and oh they delayed the game oh why would they do that they can just release it and it's fine it was, we, we don't know we don't know any better but now we do we know a lot more about game development and how grueling can really be uh sakura even joked about that a little bit on the smash ultimate direct that happened recently so I, i'm always trying to keep those opinions in check because like maybe i'm a little disappointed but with, with something like this, where they put so much care and attention into every detail, and, uh, man, uh, so, a couple more things I need to mention. There's also trophies and stickers and CDs that you can collect. CDs is basically, you can collect more music. But there's the trophies, which have details on about Nintendo's history, and in this game, there's even trophies from the Metal Gear games and the Sonic games. So they were even going into th that aspect of, of video game history. Like, basically an elaborate framework of everything video game related. The stickers weren't quite as elaborate, but you could see stickers from branches of all different types inside. And it just it just boggles my mind how much was included. And it <laughs> I get emotional thinking about it because I, I, we played so much of this game on the, on the original Wii hardware. And it's, it's like a time in our lives that just feels so far away now. Like it was 10 years ago. But I guess I'll go, I'll go into that a little bit more in the, in the final segment. But for now, it's worth mentioning. Just what an incredible technical accomplishment Super Smash Bros. Brawl was. 
And that just made me wonder. And it makes anybody wonder, what could they possibly do next? Segment 3. Complete! It's the dawn of a new console. And everybody in the world is asking, when is the next Smash coming out? And as it turned out, and this is one of those things that make me really sad about video game development, Sakurai didn't even know he was meant to develop a new Smash game until the CEO of Nintendo at the time, Iwata, mentioned, oh, you're going to make a new Smash game for the new system, right? And Sakurai was like, well, uh, yes, of course, so I'll make them right now. So... Sakurai was under a lot of pressure, but Sakurai went to work on this guy. This man is, he's a superhero. Well, direct, directing a game, I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into that, but then like beginning the development team and then maybe like, okay, not only are we going to create a new Smash Bros. game with more characters than the previous one, more stages than the previous one, but we're creating it for two platforms. Are you out of your fucking mind? And Sakurai did what he was told. And it was really sad. We heard a story during development that he actually hurt his wrist because he was working too hard. It's, just, it's one of those few things where I just feel really bad for Sakurai because he has so much passion and love for these games. And Nintendo seems to... Sometimes they kind of keep trying to push the envelope a little bit. and Especially with like a last-minute announcement of like trying to create a new Smash game. It's just like, yeah, it's expected, but the man needs his rest. And... I guess we'll go into that a little bit more, but um, in 2014 was the release date of the... I think the 3DS was first in the summer, and then the Wii U one was later was later in the holiday season. Uh, and I don't actually have much to say about these games, unfortunately, because I didn't have a Wii U. I skipped out on the system completely. And it was just, one, because it was kind of expensive, and two, I, it was college time, and I had to, I, I really wanted to focus on my studies. And my podcast. Um, so I couldn't invest the money, I think the $250, I think, for the, for the new system. So unfortunately, it's odd that it is one of the games I've just never played. And by all means, it is still an impressive accomplishment. We have even more third-party characters. And then they just keep adding them. They just keep adding more and more characters. So now we have Mega Man from Capcom. We have Pac-Man from Namco. We have Bayonetta from Sega, Cloud from Square Enix, and Ryu, also from Capcom. Um, but basically, you want is there a character you really enjoy? They're probably in this game. It's worth mentioning, though, that Ryu, Cloud, and there's, a, there's two more, I don't remember those. Bayonetta, they were DLC, so they're downloadable content that were released a couple of months, maybe even a year after the game was already released. But again, the same thing I have to say about Brawl, I can say about Smash... For, I'll just say Smash 4. More characters. And especially for the 3DS. Like a, a console that's meant... A, a handheld system that's meant to replicate the GameCube and the Wii. From a couple years back. The fact that it had that many characters. And still ran at a relatively uh, consistent 60 frames per second. Incredible. But then of course the, the Wii U one was the one that everyone was expecting. It was like Smash Brothers for the first time in high definition. The details of all the characters. The color palette was a little brighter than Brawl's. A bit more muddier. There's a lot more animation with the characters, expressions, and everything. They really try to go all out to make this game as visually impressive as possible. And there was more stages, like I mentioned previously. 
there was more characters, like 56 characters, I think is the final count of that game. Just, again, I, I can't say too much about it because I never get to play it, but another massive accomplishment from Sakurai. The only complaint I'll have, and it's the one that a lot of people will bring up, the game didn't have like an adventure mode like Brawl and Melee did. It had something called Smash Tour, and it was meant to be like a party mode kind of thing, but it was so weird. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's basically like you, there would be like characters planted on different parts of this game board, and then you would walk around, you would collect things, you would collect parts, you would like trying to make your character stronger, and then you would finally compete in the final battle at the very end. It was very odd and it just didn't work. And I, I mentioned Smash Run in uh, my Kirby City Trial episode, but basically it's, it's a mode only on the 3DS version where you, your character would kind of go into this like um, sort of maze, but you would be kind of collecting parts and then trying to build up certain stats. And then, but the, the great thing about Smash Run was that it would actually feature a lot of characters from other franchises as enemies. So it was a bit more like, again, that crossover aspect, which is just like, it's just even more further beyond anything I could have ever imagined. But, again, just trying to get that camaraderie between all the characters is like all these franchises finally being in the same place. It, it was magical, at least for the people who got to play Smash 4. I, as I mentioned previously, I didn't get to play it. And yet, today, on December 7th, on a game that I'm probably... Because normally, and I'll admit this, sometimes I do like to listen to the episodes just to make sure that the audio is good. And, and, and it, I will feel a little embarrassed if... I do, like, check everything, and then it turns out, oh, shit, wait, uh, the music wasn't included here. Even after, like, going through it, like, three times and just making sure that it, everything's right. So I'll, even after the episode's posted and on all the all, all the feeds, I'll still check, I'll listen to it just to make sure that it's, like, it's good sound quality. I'm not listening to this podcast today because I'm playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the, the latest game in the Super Smash Bros. series. And, again... It's a great article, I think, on either Verge or something like that. And Sakurai said, I want every single character from the past games in this game. And the reaction from the development team was silence or like gasp, like audible gasp. It was like, how in the fuck are we going to do this? That's the paraphrasing that they didn't actually say that. So maybe they did in their heads. Because, yes, think, think about this. All these franchises from different companies licensing the characters, maybe even licensing the music. How the fuck are you going to include all of these characters again? But again, it's like... Especially this meme, I realized that reaction videos are popular for a reason. And one re the, the reaction videos I've been watching a lot of were the reveal... Uh, the, the E3 trailer presentation more of Smash Ultimate. Before that, we, we, did, we didn't even know what the game was going to be called. It was just Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo Switch. We thought, oh, they're just going to go back to that well. But no, they have a specific title. In Japan, it's actually called Super Smash Bros. Special, which I... Like a, I like a little bit more. Ultimate, I, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but they announced the name of the game and a trailer basically showing like, just every single fighter. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's expected. See the fighters, like Mario, okay, Link, okay. Ice Climbers? The Ice Climbers were actually not in Smash 4, so that, I, <laughs> I was very giddy when I saw that character. And the one that made everyone freak out was Solid Snake, because Snake wasn't in Smash 4. So he was back, and then the trailer just flat out spills it out. Everyone is here. Everyone is here. Pichu from Melee, he's back. Young Link from Melee, they're back. Every character, they're in the game. And it's just the entire, just the matchups you never ever would have imagined. Like Mario versus Bayonetta versus... Versus... Like, you just have a randomizer. It's like, oh, what character is Mario going to face now? He'll face Pac-Man, Mega Man, Sonic. <laughs> and then, like, God, I... 
it, it is it's absolutely just the effort that goes into these games is bar none it, it's it's just like i really don't want to feel like i'm jerking off nintendo too much right now but man what other company would dedicate themselves to like setting up a budget let's go get the smash brothers and this is what we do this is the type of game it is this is the budget can we make this work and somehow sakurai and his development team does it every time and it's unbelievable but again um I actually can't talk too much about Ultimate because I haven't played it yet. Because this is recorded in the past, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be amazing. Like, what else can I say? I, I, I'm spoiling my Best of 2018 episode already, but it's number one. It, 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 what, how could any other game be number one? And there's also the really interesting adventure mode that was just announced. And I think I, I talked about this earlier, but there's a trailer announced during the, that was shown during the last Direct. And it basically shows every single character facing off against the new enemy. And a beam of light, a gi like giant massive yellow beams of light eradicating all of the characters. Well, that's, okay. The joke is, every well, everyone is here. And then everyone is dead, except Kirby. Um, but what really happens is that they're transported into, like, this, uh, another world, I guess. Or, like, maybe, like, it's not subspace. It's, like, a dark world. Or, like, they're being, like, their souls are being collected and then they're being possessed by spirits. And those spirits are basically turning them into darker forms of the other characters. It's really anime-sounding kind of shit, but it's fun. It's very, very fun. And I'm very excited to play that mode. But again, this isn't really about Smash Ultimate. This is about Brawl. And um, one thing that I wasn't expecting, and I don't know if anybody... Like, like, there's a game you can play over and over and over and over again, and it's a game that you just love dearly. And it, it, you grow up with it. It defines your childhood. And Brawl is absolutely that game for me because even during some of the darker moments of our lives, um, with stuff going on in our family wasn't going well, as you can imagine, we could always rely on Brawl. We could always just say, "Oh, right, you know what? We're not having the best day. Let's just pop in that game and let's just lose a couple hours of our lives having the, the time of our lives. And, um, I don't have many games, like, especially this is at a time when I, I was really selfish about the games I owned. Like, I would always want to play everything by myself. This was the game I shared with my brother. Yes, I did play the original Sonic games, but I would hand him a controller, and he would always play as Tails, and I would go too fast, so he couldn't even chase me or do anything like that. But this is the game that we played together all the time, and yeah, there would be other Wii games that would come up, like like Sonic Colors or like Super Mario Galaxy, and that also didn't have a co-op mode. But this is not the Galaxy episode. We already did that one. Um, but this is the game we would always play together. And yeah, sometimes you get kind of heated because like, my brother is very good playing Marth, scary good. So sometimes when we would be, <laughs> when we would finally like play as every single character that we do. Okay, I already plays Wario. All right, plays Ice Climbers. Uh, I guess now we just got to do our Sonic Marth matchup and have our controls sweating and of course i don't know what's up with me but like my butt always sweats during these intense matchups the sweat drenched from my forehead it's just like my my shirt is parched it's filled with sweat like i'm taking this way too fucking seriously plus like i don't i i am the older brother and i have to maintain my dominance over the younger brother he's always better than me he's I, he's he just knows he just knows better and he's also the guy who would always play the online mode like i i know i don't like playing online modes in games he would always try to face off against other players online and he would always try to prove himself as the best character as, as the best uh smash player 
and oh god this I, I can't even count the hours i would guess if not hundreds thousands thousands of hours playing this game and uh as i mentioned previously yeah we do we can still play this game we don't have the original disc anymore i think it's in our garage uh but we have the game now uh, again and it's it's like it's a game it's 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 just a game that we just plop in and we just say oh you know what we've had a bad day it's just like before let's just play some brawl for a little bit let's just have fun we've replayed the subspace emissary several times because we just say you know what fuck it let's just do it again why not yeah maybe the mode wasn't the best but fuck it we have fun we always have fun doing this we always have fun trying to collect every single item we always have fun trying to 100 percent it let's just fucking do it again why not and uh something that magical happened uh, few days ago and we <laughs> there's there's something you can do with, with with the game and you can uh there's a there's a pc exclusive stage uh builder where you can just like create stages that way you can have the music and all that thing and uh it's really magical and elaborate but what i didn't know was that my brother was so tech savvy he was able to actually somehow find our original sd card where we had all of our uh, stages and uh, he was able to f pull the original like state created stages, and he was able to put them uh, in the computer. So we were able to, and I think I, I think we were just like playing, and then we just said, "Oh, let's go look at the created stages." And it was like all the ones that we remember from our childhood; they were there, preserved as they had always been. And then there was the box, and I I remember that the last time I played the box, that I think we created a new version of it where it was even more like better you, you can actually have the player spawn like in the very like in the bottom but we, we had the original version of the box and it's like you know what let's just let's play the box one more time with the same rules we would always set up like a bunch of explosive items like uh really low damage well high per damage percentage just let, let's let's see what happens and i swear to god there's not many things like you life just keeps going and going and you think that there's some things you cannot recreate at all because it's a moment in time i swear to god we were 10 years younger when we played the box it was like no time had passed at all it's just like such manic enthusiasm just seeing all our characters bounce off the walls like i mentioned previously and i i, I felt like the, the, any of like the 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 <laughs> wrinkles on my face or like the 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 bags under my eyes they, they just i i felt like the young teenager that i once was and i was playing this game and there's not much they can do that like you can think you could watch a movie and you'll get the same experience watching the movie but like with toy story i love that movie but yeah i know the director's problematic but anyway um it's not the same i can't recreate the first time i saw toy story by a sheer miracle we were able to recreate exactly what it was playing Smash Bros. Brawl all those years ago. And well, I guess what makes it so much more profound for me is that things have changed. Like my brother's in college now. I'm trying to make it in the world. I'm trying to make a living for myself. We're still living with our mom. Things, things, so many things have changed, but yet somehow magic like that can still be preserved for all time and if there's anything i can take from super smash brothers brawl it is certainly that
And those are my thoughts on Super Smash Bros. Brawl. This has been Random Chatterings. Thanks for listening, everybody.